0: To the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast, bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in Tuscarawas County. Now here's your host, Jody Salvo.
1: Hi, this is Jody Salvo. Welcome to another Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Today, I'm joined with two special friends and we're gonna be talking about a subject that we've spoke about in the past. However, we speak about this fairly frequently because it's just really important. Uh, this is, around prescription drug medication safety, safe use, safe storage, safe disposal. Um, and it's one of those areas that we just need to be cognizant of because I think there's so many prescription med- medications in our community. And this is probably one of the easiest things we can ever do to protect our young
0: people. Um, so with that being said, I'm gonna let our guest introduce themselves, Rachel. I'm Rachel Rodocker, the Administrative Director at the Stark Tusk Wayne Recycling District.
2: Mary Newman, School nurse at New Philadelphia City Schools.
1: Nice. Now, I know recycling district, you're like, why why
0: the recycling district? Rachel, why? Why are you involved Um, or how you're involved in this? We get that question a lot with this, but not only do we handle the recycling, but we also handle the safe disposal of other municipal solid waste. So the prescription drugs are one of those many waste streams as well as hazardous waste, like household chemicals and things like that, yard waste, tires. We kind of cover everything. Nice.
1: (laughs) And I'm just going to say, Rachel is a member of the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition. She's on the Prescription um, Drug Committee. And um, she's just a very valuable person on our team. Thank you. Just a lot of ideas. um, And your organization is just super helpful. They do a lot of funding and support. Tell us about some of the work you guys do around prescription drugs.
0: Yes, uh, you, we're very lucky because we have enough funding to be able to fund uh, what we call a litter deputy from the sheriff's office. So that person, uh, we can pretty much tell them, hey, here's the areas of focus we want to focus on. One of those primary areas is the prescription drug disposal. So that's how we fund the uh, medication drop boxes that are at the local police stations and the sheriff's office. Uh, They empty them and they transport them up to a hazardous waste incinerator up near Cleveland, which is actually how the DEA and the EPA suggest you dispose of any of the at least riskier drugs. Um, I'll make a differentiation in that later, uh, later on in this interview, but we don't really want vitamins or things like that in there. We really want the prescription, the controlled substances, things like that in those drop boxes. And then we also do have funding for awareness about the DEA drug take back days, as well as some other initiatives, mini grant funding for funding some of the promotional materials so that we can really help educate and bring awareness to what the options are for getting rid of these drugs, either for yourself or for family members, or if you have someone pass away and you're stuck with all these drugs, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for giving us that
1: kind of understanding of where this happens. One of the reasons we're having this conversation today is we have an upcoming DEA drug take back day and it's April 24th.
0: 24th. Yep, they're Saturdays for everyone's convenience, uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And this year we have the same locations that we've had in years past. Where um, we have the Union uh, Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital at the I think their south entrance is where they collect them, but their signage to direct you there. And then at Trinity Hospital Twin City, as well as the Mercy Medical Center of Tuscarawas County, I forget they may have adjusted their name, but it's the same location. Uh, But yeah, they have we have deputies stationed outside, so you can drive in, drop off medications. It's anonymous; Uh, they'll take them, they put them in a box, and then the DEA comes and collects them later. And the reason we host the events, even though we have the year-round drop-offs, is because uh, events, something about an event, people like Makes to people come, out. come out. It yeah. does. And also, some people are leery about going to police stations. Uh, they're, even though their anonymous right. drop is there, you're still in the police station. That's one of the requirements for the boxes, is that they are in view of someone or under video surveillance people. That can make people uneasy. So we sure. like to host the drop-offs just uh, the DEA does fund the disposal during the drop-off days, so it actually makes it a little easier on us yep, <laughs> so yep, that we yep, can yep. we can dispose from the rest of the year. So, yeah, we always like to partner with uh, the sheriff's office and the anti-drug coalition and Perfect. all the par- partnering hospitals to make and this I, happen. I appreciate
1: that you said that whole process of it's incinerated and the water yes. control takes it up there because I know sometimes people are leery about, even going to the permanent drop off boxes or even when they come through the national DA take back day yes. you know do i need to take my name off the Bill, yes. pill bottles. What would you say on some of that?
0: Yeah, we usually would recommend that people either black out the name or take the label off if they can. Uh, we're trying to move toward not collecting uh, the containers because that's a lot of the volume and we don't really want to pay to burn a bunch of cardboard sure. and plastic uh, packaging. So we're kind of working toward that. But for right now, uh, I think you can even bring them in a baggie if you want, sure. or if you want to leave them in the container so they don't spill, uh, you're welcome to. The one thing that we do ask, uh, this is for pills, this is not for creams or liquid medications, uh, things like that we steer away from because the place that incinerates them doesn't really want those items. And really, we want the Again, the riskiest kind of controlled substances.
1: So, Rachel, what would you suggest if someone has liquids?
0: Uh, Right now, I think the best method, usually they'll tell you right on the container with the pamphlet what to do. But what we recommend for the liquids is actually mixing them in with like kitty litter or coffee grounds or something like that and putting them with your normal trash. Uh, The reason the pills we kind of handle differently is because... At least, again, with the risky ones, we want to make sure that they are non-retrievable. Okay. And there is a worry about putting whole pills in your trash. Oh, maybe someone will see that. And the other component of it is our wastewater treatment plants aren't really adept at filtering out anything you might flush. So the, they used to tell you to flush them, you know, and they're trying to get away from that. The EPA is really trying to get at least that class of drugs incinerated. Sure.
1: Okay there's just a ton of helpful information you just threw out. So, and Mary, you're not off the hook because we're going to get into the why we're disposing in just a moment. But, um, I always just want to make people really comfortable with drug take back opportunities. And we have volunteers, um, from the hospitals, um, and from the coalition. And it's really kind of wonderful just seeing people come and we always just have a fun time on those days. However, People always come with needles, and and that's a complicated one because no one really disposes of needles,
0: Yeah, correct? Yeah, there's like a one needle exchange program, but it's up in uh, the city of Canton, up in Stark County, so most of our residents probably wouldn't want to drive that. So what we typically will tell people, because we've had trouble getting a needle yeah. program off the ground here in the county for various reasons, but... Uh, What we typically would tell people is either you can get an approved sharps container, but there's a cost to that. So typically people don't want to pay. We will tell them save like a laundry detergent bottle or another kind of rigid plastic. Put the sharps in there and write on the container that's sharps so that the waste handlers, because that's the biggest reason those are hazardous. They might stick somebody. They might give someone. I mean, if you had an illness or if you have, you know, there's blood on the needle, you don't want to you don't want to pass around diseases and things like that.
1: So if you if you do have needles, um, what what you Rachel just said, make sure get like a tied container or something. To put the yeah. the needles right in there. We also have flyers that you know if you're driving through that day that will pass out. I just again, I want people to know. That it's not that we're not hearing you, it's just a barrier we have. And this is a safe option to put it in a container yes. market and and then you can put it in your household trash. So that was one. And the other thing you had mentioned is sometimes people just have barriers, whether it's a barrier to go to our permanent drop off box, which uh, we have locations throughout Tuscarora County or if someone has a barrier to get to that, take back days, which are in April and October. We also do have drug deactivation bags that are available here in the county. A Couple ways you can secure these, we disseminate these through libraries, through organizations, agencies, throughout the county. You can also go on the ADC, Tusk ADC website, and you can order one right there and we'll mail them out to your home. These bags are used if you have unwanted unused medications. You open it, you put your medications in here, fill it halfway with water, you let it sit open for 30 seconds, you seal it, you shake it up, and it deactivates the medications as well. And then you can put it in your home trash. Um, One of the things Rachel said is, we just want to deactivate um, drugs with the potential for abuse. Um, So there's whole bunch of different ways our law enforcement has the drop-offs we have the take back days which will be april 24th we could mail you a drug deactivation bag is there anything else we'd want to mention
0: on the take back days um i'm trying to think uh it's funny because you don't think maybe someone who's young that doesn't have a recurrent medicine that's one that could be abused like what could i bring what will i have we like to tell people that Maybe it's medicine that's expired. I actually I brought an example okay. to show if we wanted to. I have one um, a painkiller, a really strong uh, controlled painkiller that was from after I uh, gave birth. Okay, so that's been sitting in my cabinet. Why do I still have it? I've actually been hanging on to it <laughs> for this reason to be able to demonstrate if I needed to uh, how these things worked, but. Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't really want to leave them in your cabinet, especially if you have young kids walking around. Now, they can't get into the cabinet now, but as they get older, they might reach it. Sure. Some of the pills are colorful. They might look, they don't know what they are, but... Um, And so it's nice to have somewhere to put them where they're out of reach of children or as the kids get older again, maybe uh, they're teenage friends. You don't know who's coming in and out of the house. It's it's a worry, especially if you have a pill that you have to take regularly and not just maybe have some leftover painkillers. But we're here to serve either kind of person. If you have expired ones or if you have ones you got from another person, again, someone passed away and now you're stuck with them. We're we're here to help. Absolutely. So I'll tell you what, Rachel just brought up the safety box, and we'll talk about that in a second.
1: I am going to steer now from the Take Back Day to um, Mary. Uh, Mary's a school nurse at New Philadelphia, and Rachel was here about how do we dispose and some of the importance, but Mary's going to kind of take this to young people, you're um, in the schools, what's your perspective on prescription medications?
2: I like to see them stored safely. That's why the box is an excellent idea. Um, Typically medications, in the past at least, people have kept them in their medicine cabinet in the bathroom. And when you have people over, what is the room that they use most? The bathroom. Um, And people do go through things like that. They are drug-seeking sometime, or just curious. Um, Again, an easy reach of children. So we want to make sure they're secure to avoid all those possibilities.
1: Yeah. And I think that's so important. Clearly, our society has a problem with um, substance abuse and addiction. Um, and we know a lot of addiction really comes out of a home medicine cabinet, mm-hmm. sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. So it could be someone has a prescribed medication and maybe does not take them as indicated. Um, instead of one pill every four hours, it could be two pills every four hours or one pill every three hours, and that can quickly progress to an addiction. Absolutely. Um, more is not better. Yeah.
2: There is a reason. There is a prescription label on that bottle to tell you how many to take, how often to take, and the duration to take it. That's I can't emphasize that enough. Um, even with things that are not necessarily narcotic in nature – Uh, just for example, antibiotics, you know, the doctor tells you to take one pill a day for seven days. Mm -hmm. That's not a suggestion. That's the way you're supposed to take it. And that's why, again, with the storage and the disposal, you should not have extra medicine on hand. Um, The exception being eye drops, ear drops, or um, something that you may take as needed. So there's people that have anti-anxiety medication, for instance, so they're not going to necessarily take that all the time. but, But for the general rule, you shouldn't have extra. Yeah, if you take it as prescribed, which is the way that it's going to help you. <laughs> um, so take it as prescribed, and and if you do have leftover, then you want to dispose of that properly.
1: And you know, I would say that one. Ca- there's a couple caveats on that. I used to be a geriatric social worker, and I know often an older person might be prescribed a medication, and they just they were resistant or intolerant to it, and you know, I, I think part of our different resources to help people get them out of the home, because what would happen, it didn't work. And, and you weren't always thinking, do you, where do you, where do you take that medication that was not used? So part of our tools are to help people just, just like you would do anything else, you know, the medications here, I'm not using it, get it out of my home. Absolutely. Um, especially our older population, because we do have quite a few people that struggle with addiction and they're looking for medications. And I always say to older people, you know, if you have a hip surgery, that's not something you probably want to tell the whole world because there's going to be people that know, well, you're coming home from the hospital and there's a good chance you're going to be prescribed a prescription pain medication, which puts you at risk for someone wanting to access that medication in your home.
2: And addiction is a disease, and it's not necessarily that your grandson wants to take your oxycodone that you have there from your surgery, but right. it, they may just not be able to help themselves. Yeah. So not keeping it on hand if it's no longer in use, or if it is in use, and getting the lockbox so that it can be stored safely and not easily accessible. Yeah.
1: So... Which one of you two want to describe the lockbox? Because that's a new initiative of the coalition.
0: Yeah, I could I could describe. You can fill in the blanks if I miss anything. Okay. But um, my organization, we did give some mini grant funding to get these lockboxes. Now we like to be sure people know they are not safes. They if someone was desperate and hitting with, with, with a sledgehammer or something, they're going to get in here. But it is a deterrent and it is a good place to kind of store everything. So we um, had these designed where they kind of tell you what the purpose is, who's funded it, whatever. And then there's a little uh, key code on top. I already set mine up. So <laughs> hopefully my children aren't watching to know what it is. <laughs> um, and then on the inside, you have these clasps that you open it up. And when you first get the box, we actually have some materials in there again. Um, we have some materials in here, a magnet that has uh, the safe disposal information, things like that. We have a deterra bag just in case you do need one. You can, uh, there's a card on it so that if you use it, you can give us some feedback. That way we know who is using these things. We want to make sure we get these materials in the hands of the people who need them and in the hands of people who are at the highest risk of having abuse take place in the household or having prescriptions that are the, the unsafest. So now I put a couple of pills in here as examples. So you'll all get to know a little more about me today and that's okay. <laughs> I did have hydrocodone, a couple okay. left from a pregnancy. Um, again, I was hanging on to them just so I could demonstrate things like this. Um, that would be one I would probably take to the DEA take back day or to a, a Dropbox or something like that. The, if I were in a pinch, I could use it to tear a bag if I was worried. Another one I had was exactly what you were describing. It was an anti-anxiety medicine for uh, panic attacks, which thankfully I haven't had that problem as much lately, so now these are expired. Okay. So they're not going to work. They're bright green. Again, maybe a kid would mistake them for candy. So that's why I keep things like that in this okay. drop box. Um, it is nice because again yeah. you can centralize everything put anything that might is outside of the vitamins uh, sure. eye drops that kind of stuff doesn't need to go in here but it is just one safeguard in case you have people in and out of your house a lot or you're taking something that's very dangerous um rachel show people that that lock box
1: that lock fits onto the oh yeah prescription yeah. medications as well so yeah. maybe if you're in a household and you have one particular prescription with the potential for abuse you can just lock that one partic- yeah. particular medication
0: with yep. the And code. once it once you have it on set, it just spins and spins. It never okay. will, will undo. So, yeah, they are very nice. Again, we don't give these to everyone. I think right now our primary means of getting them out is through a Job and Family Services and maybe some of the schools. Or I, I've, I'm not positive some where schools, all we went with them. But yeah.
1: And this is also another one that if you would go to the Anti-Drug Coalition website and request one, we could say, come pick one up here at the agency, or we could let you know what school districts have it or what agencies. And I'm just going to say, I had uh, my own child. I had one that was on um, an ADHD medication in high school. And I know some other students that have been on that medication. And most kids don't like that medication. They don't enjoy taking it. But it was pretty necessary for him to be successful during a school day. So I know... Even with what I do, I would get a little um, laxed on leaving his medication by the counter. And the reason was if I locked it, if either of us, if I forgot, he wasn't going to school with it, which could be problematic for himself and for his teachers. Um, And I wish I had this when he was in high school because then I could have kept it on my counter and again, not that it's foolproof or indestructible or you couldn't take it, but I would know if it was missing yeah. or I would know if someone was in there. So again, I I wouldn't have been worried about my son misusing that medication, but.
2: It is a controlled substance. And yeah. It, it is a sought after drug out on the street. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's a good thing to keep in the box. And and I like the box too, because it's, it's not screaming that there's medication in yeah. it. It's. it's you know, very low key. Um, somebody saw it sitting around, they wouldn't necessarily think twice about it.
1: Yeah. What else do you have to say about medications, Mary? Um, I, I guess
2: a couple, just kind of divide the age groups up. In the younger children, it's just unintentional use, but you want to keep them out of the way, as you referred to. The colors, it's attractive. They don't know if they're jelly beans or gummies or whatever. You know, they're kids, right. they want candy, and they, if it's accessible, Unfortunately, they're going to help themselves to it. Um, as far as the adolescent population, their, um, their curiosity and experimentation kind of starts at that age. And so things that are easily accessible in the home could be a danger. And again, going to friends' and families' homes, things that sure. they have could be a danger to them. Um, and then in the older adult population, I just think specifically if someone has dementia... And sometimes they may take their medicine in the morning and not remember if they took it, and we don't want to have double dosing. Okay. So even though it may not be a controlled substance, and I know that's our focus here, um, or, or something that may lead to addiction, but it's just for their own safety, keeping it under, you know, lock.
1: Now, Mary, Mary's part of the School Nurses Association, and we had met with her group, their group, a couple years ago, and. We were having a focus group just trying to get some information on really the prevention of prescription drug misuse. And one of the things that you all brought to light to our organization was it might not even be as much prescription drug misuse in middle and high school, but it might be the misuse of over-the-counter medications. And you all changed the way we think about the work we do because it was in our conversation with the nurses that we realized, okay, if our young people are not respecting over the counter medication and again, taking one Advil every three hours or two or four or whatever, because you were saying like sometimes students just wanted to take a medication to feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, If you start that kind of pattern maybe you were not exposed to a prescription drug medication until you get out of high school. But if you go to college and you kind of have this like non-respect for over-the-counter, it's easier to carry that over into prescription medication. And I said some people end up struggling with addiction intentionally and some very unintentionally. So it might be just that non-respect for how you handle over-the-counter and then prescription that can create that addiction potential
2: yes um i i get it in the clinic a lot when kids come in they they want everything fixed right now i have a headache give me a pill so it'll go away you know there's other measures you can take besides taking a pill um i think the misconception is if you if they sell it over the counter or you prescribe that for my mom or my grandpa then it's safe because Mm -hmm you know otherwise they wouldn't have it out there. Well, it, it is safe if it's used properly by the proper individual. Yeah. So yes, I I get concerned about over the counter things and again, I'm not generalizing to all adolescents and teenagers, but there's a large number that want to experience what it feels like to be high and they will try anything. Yeah. Um so you, you just have to be careful with all your medication. Okay. Um and it, especially prescription medication because, you know, we don't want some teenager taking grandpa's heart medication because they think they could get high from that, and then we have a cardiac emergency.
0: (laughs) And you brought up something, Mary, that I think is interesting that people maybe don't think about as much these days, and that's... um, We get overprescribed, I think, especially for pain, because we don't like being uncomfortable. And I understand that no one likes being uncomfortable, but there are other pain management techniques. Um, The reason I bring this up is because I think most people I know I have had um, a boyfriend of my friend who passed away from a drug overdose. And the way he started was he got injured in high school. He had a snowboarding injury got on pain pills and then all after that you you don't want the pain anymore you regardless of what's sure. causing it it could be emotional, emotional pain, or, pain yep, sure exactly so it's it's not that it's necessarily going to cause an addiction as long as you're right you're careful you're using it properly um, and then maybe learning some alternative pain you know management sure. techniques and it, you're better off i think mm-hmm.
1: agree is that one that you have to work with students on on yeah different ways to Manage it, discomfort. It's always a challenge.
2: Um, just again, alternative methods besides taking a pill. You know, there's yeah. You know, I always tell them, "What do you think they did way back in the day before there was a CVS or before there was a doctor in town?" Yeah. You know, they people managed, and and we can manage too. And now sometimes it is absolutely necessary to take the pain medication. But I think that's part of our responsibility. Also, is to teach to use it properly. Sure. You know, the right frequency, duration,
1: dose. And Mary, as is, I'm is, um, looking at you and kind of hearing your voice, I think it's super important for adults to understand this is an adult issue as much as it is a young person. Like we have to, as parents, to keep our kids safe, have these conversations. We need to talk about how do we manage pain, whether it's emotional or physical. Um, we need to model good medication safety, meaning... Even if you're on a long-term medication, I would suggest in front of your children, grandchildren, when you take it, keep it in its bottle that it came in so they're not saying it, you know, in all kinds of baggies and everything like this. Um, Read the medication label. When they get something, read it with them so they're understanding that, you know, that you're very respectful of that medication. You know, I take this much, this often, you would make an excellent nurse
2: coming out of the and You're talking about
0: the six rights.
2: <laughs> oh. Right patient, right dose,
1: right med, right time, right route. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think it is just very important that parents yes. model that well because our kids tend to do what we do. And sometimes we do things with the knowledge behind it that they might not have.
0: It's you know. true. I, I actually think about that even with vitamins because right now I have, you know, a six year old and an almost three year old, and it's these gummy Flintstones vitamins. And of course, to them, that is like candy. And so I remember Jill waiting for the day she could take two of them because that was the amount I w- kept having to tell her, like, no, before then, no, it says one on the bottle. You're not old enough. Even though it's just vitamins, you can still take way too many vitamins. You don't want to hurt your liver and <laughs> your yeah. organs. So yeah. that's, yeah, something to think about with little ones good so i'm just trying to think
1: if we missed everything anything we have the drug take back on april 24th from 10 to 2 at trinity
0: and union hospital and Cleveland mercy
1: clinic and yep. then mercy and i am forgetting their new name change go look it up um yeah there you go <laughs> Um, we have permanent drop-off boxes, and they're at, I think
0: it's on that magnet they're over there. At the, uh, they're at the Sheriff's Office. They're at Denison Police Department, New Philly Police Department, Newcomerstown Police Department, Strasburg Police Department, Sugar Creek Police Department. I okay. shouldn't have, I was redundant. All the police departments. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say, Go ahead. Uh,
2: at the end of the school year, when um, any medication that we have from students that had it administered throughout the school year, if it's not picked up, I take it over. Oh, good both New Philly or the sheriff's, whichever I happen to be around. And I can assure anyone that is hesitant to do that, there's nobody watching you. Yeah. I just walk in with a very big bag and I stick <laughs> it in it and walk out and no one ever questions. or So it's, it's very anonymous.
1: So if you all haven't seen what Mary's describing, it looks like a mailbox. So yes. you go in and literally you just pull it down, drop the bag in. And I will let you know, our law enforcement really encourages people to drop off um, because they're continually fighting a drug epidemic here in our county, in our nation. So, anything we can do to eliminate a pipeline of drug abuse, they're all for it. So, I even if you have like someone had passed away and you have a ton of medications in your home, if you call the anti drug coalition, most likely I'm going to call the sheriff or a local um police chief and say hey would someone be able to swing by and pick this up you know just they're that willing to to get large quantities of unwanted unused medications with potential for abuse out of our communities So that's very much welcome. And to
0: add to that, too, if there is anyone leery about it, they do have to follow a chain of custody with the pills. They are weighed before they're transported, and then the weights are checked when they get to their destination. Only certain individuals, law enforcement, can handle them. They're under constant video surveillance or right in front of a person. So yeah, it's a very safe process. It's much safer than having them sitting around your house when you're not going to use them.
1: (laughs) Perfect. So for our older people, what would you suggest, Mary? Mary?
2: I would suggest if there's anyone that may have any kind of dementia or forgetfulness, we want to keep those medications up and out of the way and, you know, maybe pillboxes with a day to day that they can put them in so they don't forget.
1: Very good. So um, diversion can happen at that elderly home in particular. So, you know, just be mindful of if it's not being used to get it out of the house for parents, model it well, have conversations with your young people about it. Let, Let our young people know it is not okay to misuse prescription medications, to get high, to experiment. There's a potential for addiction and um, just make, have those conversations. They're important. Model it well, help our young people deal with pain, whether it's drink a glass of water or take a break or uh, relax for a little bit, deep breaths, whatever those might be. Um, It's your body's, telling you what what does pain tell us that
2: it's just an alert symptom that something's not quite right but it's not necessarily something catastrophic
1: so it doesn't mean it's bad it's just telling you
2: a headache a headache can be from a million different things maybe it's because you're a little stressed so taking that break taking a walk maybe laying down for a little bit heating pad that, That a lot of times is all you
1: need perfect so parents help your young people develop those skills young people Clearly, we do not want you misusing prescription medications or over-the-counter or anything like that. So, you know, beware of what the instructions are on those. And we just encourage people to take advantage of the drug take-back days or any of the resources we have. If you want to know about the resources, go to adctusk.org. Is that it?
2: Well, Thanks. everybody's thinking about spring and spring cleaning. So I would say spring clean your medicine cabinet or whatever meds you have out there because there's probably a lot. You could use that space for something else.
1: Awesome. Okay, that is great. <laughs> spring clean your medicine cabinet this year. Nice. Okay. Well, listen, Mary, thank you so much. Rachel, I appreciate y'all. Thanks for sharing thank this great information. Much. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, guys, we'll see you next week. Hey.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.